The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts. Uh, what a difference a week makes, Adam. Uh, we sat down a week ago this time. And things, they were looking good. And now here we are a week later. The things, they are bad. Welcome. I was just thinking there, as you introduced our podcast by the name that we selected, which was a fun play on words. It doesn't feel like as much of a play on words anymore. To shout out to all you listening who are <laughs> taking the emotional bruising that the Brewers are putting on all of us right now. You're you're going back for extras by listening to a podcast like ours. Maybe at this point, the podcast is therapy. I don't know. Um, for people who are consuming Brewers content outside of Brewers games, shout out to you. I hope you're working through it in whatever way works best. Yeah, this, as I tweeted something to this effect, as I mentioned to you just before you start recording, watched a lot of sports in my life, a lot of sports. And I cannot think, certainly for a team that I follow, of another week quite like this one, where the high of a week ago for what 
right now. I mean, it felt like at the time, but it looks even more like it a few games in. Just feels like a very, very self-inflicted wound that the Brewers have given themselves to deal with. How it has taken all of the air out of the clubhouse. What it has possibly done to some of the team's other previous standout pitchers. And the, the end result of that, honestly, being this time last week, we were talking about six games against the Pirates and the Reds. The Brewers look great. They're in a really good position. Now is the time to do what they haven't done throughout the year and beat up on these teams. Like, dream scenario, obviously, is you sweep true, but I, I, I think the line that I set was, got to get five of six. And instead, a week later, the Brewers do not have Josh Hader, and they lost five of six against the Pirates and the Reds. And that, I, I have a depressing question, right? I'm going to lead off. I don't know if it's good to put this up top. I uh, don't know if we'll drop off at listeners right away, but I, I have been thinking of something, Andrew. I'm curious for your thoughts. Will the Brewers finish the season closer to the division lead or to whoever emerges as the third place team in the division? The division lead. Uh, I think you're the, right. The, They've got, look, the division two is games, too bad. Two games. <laughs> oh. If you're gonna lose five or six of these teams, they're two games I know, back but they're of the not Cardinals. Gonna, they're not gonna. They're fifteen come, and a uh, half games. Uh, so or the Reds are to... fifteen and a half. So it's thirteen and a half games. Um, the Brewers have on the Reds right now. I I like the gap is very significant, and I don't actually think that's what's gonna happen. But I I the reason it comes to mind is I think the Cardinals are gonna keep picking things up. Like they've won seven straight. They look to really be clicking into gear. They're going to keep going the other way. Right now, it's hard to imagine the Brewers not losing ground. Uh, it just, yeah, it's the question of whether any of those teams behind can... Do do they play the Brewers enough is the question for the likes of the Reds and the Pirates. Um, but just, just a thought exercise more than something serious, and one that is very, very depressing and just stunning based on where we were a week ago. I need another week before I'm ready to uh, put put dirt on the the coffin, so to speak. Because... Oh, I'm not I'm not doing that. I okay. You know, I Main... I, I think Mainly last because... rights. You know, someone someone's calling a priest round. There's last rights being given. Um, it's not they're not dead yet, but there's preparations are being made just in case. And the primary reason I say that is because you've got a huge series this weekend against the Cardinals and that the emotional trauma inflicted on the clubhouse early this week, you have an opportunity to either double down on that by losing this series, or you have an opportunity to turn things around and kind of have a reset game or reset series by making up ground in the standings and punching back against the Cardinals. Will that happen? Who's to say right now? It's any anything's possible, but it's it's as much of a a must win series as exists in mid August when you've still got over a month and a half of of baseball to play after that. But it's 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 important, and like you said, really just go back to where things were um, on Sunday in Boston. 
I think that was July mm-hmm. 31st. I, I, you got a 2-0 lead against the Boston Red Sox. You'd won, I think, at that point, you don't four seven of your last. Into yeah, four straight going into that. Before, yeah. Seven of your last eight. You have a 2-0 lead. Things blow up in one disaster inning, and you lose that game. But you say, you know what? Seven out of nine after the All-Star break, things are looking good. The, the vibes are good, and this team's poised to go on a run. Maybe they add some pieces at the deadline. And then you wake up the next day. The Brewers front office decides uh, quantity over quality in terms of the bullpen. They decide, you know, we know we're not going to pay Josh Hader. And in terms of bites at the apple, of course. Yeah, and in terms of bites at the apple. Um, Anyone have a look at that apple anytime recently? Quite the bite they're getting this year, isn't it? (laughs) How's that looking? It seems a very mealy apple at this point that I would not want to take a bite out of. And then you trade Josh Hader. shock to the clubhouse and to their credit and they're mostly right but also they're also human they've said we're professionals that's not no excuse we need to like get ourselves out of this this is on us corbin burns was the latest person to say something like that after sunday when he pitched very well so <laughs> it wasn't wasn't his fault on sunday uh but that just upset the apple cart on Monday, and then you lose three in a row to Pittsburgh, all games that you really had an opportunity to win and didn't. Then we'll get into this a little bit later. Friday, Friday, I thought was really a get the the vibes back game, and it seemed like it was trending in the positive direction. We had the Andrew McCutcheon mic'd up. Everyone, they looked like they were having fun that game. Like there was just hijinks going on, a easy win, and it was just nice. And then Saturday, can I tell you what Friday was? Can I just? to uh, pull back the curtain a little bit for listeners who are also listeners to our books content um, who know the, the wider range of GSPM personalities very well. You'll understand the significance of this, but our guest on the last episode, Jordan Tresky was in fact at AmFam for the first time this season on Friday night. And it is a long running bit at this point. I say it's a bit, but it's also true. A Milwaukee sports team, a Wisconsin sports team, has not lost with Jordan Tresky in attendance in... I honestly don't know. Jordan doesn't know. It has been years, years and years. And he goes to quite a lot of books games. Obviously, we know the books are very good. But you, you still catch a loss here or there, not if you're Jordan. So Jordan was in attendance, and some truly magical things happened that night, as we'll get to when we talk about that game. And then Jordan has to go back to, you know, his day-to-day life and normal services resume. So that's what I'm putting Friday down to. So I appreciate his service in that case. I told him he needs to quit his job and go to all Brewers games for the rest of the season. Yeah, I was making a joke in our Discord the other day to some of our, our pals in there that watched the EPL. And I noted Liverpool's undefeated with me in attendance and me in the country. Should I be gifted season tickets and also a salary to just bring the good vibes? I say yes. Should Jordan Tresky be given that for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Bucks and the, yeah, the Packers, they, they, whoever? They should just pull together, make him Mr. Wisconsin Sports. He'll go, he'll yeah. wear his propeller hat. You know, he, he could become a, a sporting figure and Wisconsin could just celebrate all the championships they win. Yeah. Um, he can be like Marlins man, but likable. That that's that can be Jordan's path, and only with those confident sports. 
more specifically moving on to that game where that they got the Tresky bump, things were looking good. Uh, I mean, right from the get-go, uh, Christian Yelich is on base, as he's known to do. He got on base three times in this game, uh, once via single, twice via walk, and then Rowdy Telez does what Rowdy Telez do- does, and hits a home run. 2 nothing in the first inning, things are looking good. Second inning, Tyrone Taylor hits a three-run homer, scoring himself, Renfro, and Arias. That ball was crushed. There was something particularly satisfying about that home run that he just kind of pulled into the left field, uh, over the left field wall. Really love to see it. And uh, from that point on, the pitching staff really had it. Eric Lauer scattered nine base runners, six hits, and three walks over seven innings. Only allowed one run, four strikeouts, uh, 100 pitches through seven innings. Really good job by Lauer to be able to pitch deep into that game. Obviously, the bullpen's deeper now, Adam, we've been told. Uh, but has struggled still lately. And it was nice to buy some guys some days off. Trevor Gott uh, provides one and a third innings pitch, two base runners via the walk, two strikeouts, and a hit. And then Devin Williams, uh, after some runners were on in the ninth, came in two-thirds innings pitch to clean it up and get the save with two strikeouts. The only run for the Reds came via single uh, by Kyle Farmer in the fifth inning. And... That was pretty much that. There was some nice Andrew McCutcheon mic'd up moments. Rowdy Telez stole a base, which uh, delighted everyone. It, it, it's the best, it made best moment it, of the season. Oh, uh, and if if things trend in the really bad direction, it'll definitely be looked back upon as <laughs> the best moment now. of the season. It's already uh, the best moment of the season. It's it was truly incredible. I still take the Caratini walk off against the Cubs, but I I take your no. point. Uh, it's Rowdy Rowdy stole a base. McCutcheon was upset at first because it made a liar of him because the repeated pickoff attempts to first, the mic'd up mics caught uh, McCutcheon saying he's like, he's not stealing, stop picking on him. And then Rowdy steals. He goes, I digress. You made a liar out of me. Great mm-hmm. moment. Uh, other moments of joy. Willie Adamas going back. Christian Yelich coming in. Yelly makes a sliding catch. Adamas has to sort of dart out of the way. And they just have some nice giggles in the outfield about almost running into each other. It felt so good. A 5-1 win. It was easy. And most annoyingly, you couldn't watch it because baseball doesn't want their fans to watch their games. Uh, Rowdy, after the game, you're right. I I was like searching for scraps in the moment. All this goodness. My favorite player. Big home run. Caught some clips of that, and I'm scrambling. I'm like, come on, where's where's the clip? Because although I'm a paid-up subscriber for MLB.tv and I have Apple TV+, Plus, uh, the games are not made available outside of the US when they're on Apple TV. So, fantastic. Can't watch the baseball team. I pay quite a bit of money over the course of the year to watch. What I did see, though, was the post-game availability. And Rowdy was in fine form, really on his A game making reference to how he no-trolled it. Um, Speed kills, which, you know, Brewers, I will buy any T-shirts with Rowdy, you know, in motion with speed kills on it. Thank, thank God, thank whoever that this happened this week. Because this week has been grim enough as it is. (laughs) Without even just some moment of respite, without one good win there. And without a moment like that, I, I honestly don't know. I think we would be completely on the floor. I think the players would be. Um, thank Rowdy. That's that's who we should thank because Rowdy continues to do 
all that he can. Um, sometimes, you know, you've got to throw the ball to him rather than past him. That That is important. But if you give Rowdy a chance to help the Brewers, he's certainly doing all that he can to help them. And he's just a ray of sunshine, which is more important now than ever. I also want to say uh, another positive element of this game. And it's I'm still looking for them where they exist because sure. otherwise, as I would I would go crazy because I I'm essentially a 162 guy Adam I'm locked in for most of these baseball games. Uh, the 1982 team was honored before the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Euchre being the master of ceremonies had some good stories about uh, Raleigh fingers throwing batting practice. I think to Bud Selig if I'm remembering correctly that's who uh, he was saying. Correct. And I think he said, "Uh huh." Go ahead. Yeah, you're you're right. No, you're right. Uh, Okay, and he, I think I remember one of the comments was like, Bud had the worst swing of anyone he's ever seen. So that was some nice moments there. Got to see Paul Molitor, Robin Yacht, uh, Raleigh Fingers, of course. It was uh, it was it was cool because especially someone like me or you who does not really have uh, a relationship with the history of the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, even if I had been a Brewers fan my whole life, that probably still would have been the case because that would have been t- 10 years before I was born. But uh, a nice moment. I. I know you, and especially, uh, oh, I won't say especially, but you and Jordan are both appreciators of history. So glad he got to be there for that moment. And doing some some reading up on that team, uh, Harvey's Wallbangers, something that I'm looking forward to do. Doing after the season, I was hoping it would be after a playoff run. Uh, that's TBD. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, I just want to actually comment on that for for a few minutes. I'm glad you brought it up because I'd forgotten because... I don't know. I think in a lot of ways, the timing was really bad for that team to be honored, obviously, with where everyone is at emotionally, but also with the optics of a team that didn't win a World Series being celebrated in that way after a week where the Brewers made moves, where the vast majority of fans are like, oh, we're not trying to win a World Series. Great. And the players felt that, too. And so I saw some 
I saw some chatter and reaction on Twitter and a general feeling. And even I'll, I'll mention Jordan here again. I know he won't mind. We were talking about it and he didn't know going to the game that was there. I assumed that Jordan had planned this was going to be his Brewers game for that reason, because that is what he'd do. It's pure coincidence he was there. So I was asked him about it and he said, look, it was really cool. It was also kind of sad. It was kind of sad that that's what they're celebrating. And the strength of feeling towards that was much greater on Twitter. And again, I think I understand where that comes from this week of all weeks. But I, I disagree really strongly with that. This is a team that won an AL pennant. This is a team that got to a World Series. The Brewers' history is not very rich. We know that. But if ever there is a team to celebrate and unashamedly celebrate, that is the one. Like, And that is the benchmark. They're the team that gave themselves a chance are they the 71 books? Are they the 2021 books? No, they're not. But they were very, very close, you know. And it's something that from years of covering the books and ongoing mission that Jordan and I have, they suck at celebrating the great teams in their history. The teams that, you know, kept them in existence, that give them a chance to be where they are now, that give all of us a chance to watch these teams, to enjoy them and to continue to hope that they're going to win a world series. So I have no problem with celebrating that team. That is a team that should be celebrated endlessly. And from my experience so far, one of the things I will tip my hat to the brewers and everything they do. And we've had other examples this week too. They celebrate their great players. They celebrate their great teams and they try to make that an essential part of being a brewers fan. That's how it should be. There are other more recent quote-unquote near misses that do not deserve the celebration they get, would be my opinion. And that comes back to our bites at the Apple conversation. It comes back to some things we talked about in previous episodes. But I, I thought there was kind of an interesting element of discourse around that team being celebrated, maybe because it just comes along at a time where Brewers fans are particularly sensitive about, well, we've never won a World Series and although there are players in the roster now that would make us believe we have a chance, it seems like ownership, it seems like management, front office are not necessarily doing everything to make that happen. So I, I thought that was a kind of an interesting thing that came along, but I, I really enjoyed the bits and pieces I saw of that. Again, I wish that was a normal Bally Sports Wisconsin broadcast and I could have been tuned in from much earlier and got the full experience of that and got to learn a lot from the position I'm in. But I do think that to me seems that is the team to celebrate. And also celebrating that team. I mean, do Adonazio and Stearns really look out in the field? Were they looking out in the field on Friday and being like, oh, yeah, we're about to have a season that's going to match that? That, you know, 40 years from now, people are going to be celebrating. If they are, they're lying. Um, I thought that there were comments from both Athanasio in particular. I don't know how much you want to get into that this week that I just, it's not shocking, but I thought we're pretty disingenuous about the moves, like uh, treating the fans as if they're not very smart, which is one thing I just do not like seeing from ownership, from management. There's a lot of things we all know to come to expect from ownership. Um, but Athanasio was, you know, stressing, this isn't about money. We took back more money in the deals. It's it's about money. It's about money. Taking back more money now is irrelevant when the reason you're selling Josh Hader to begin with is because of the cost of his next contract and how you intend to manage long-term costs when you've 
manage to build a roster that is filled with multiple players deserving of significant pay rises on their next deals. That's about money. Don't treat fans like they're stupid and say it's not. Don't say we took back an extra couple of million in the trades that are going to sink the season. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Anytime a rich guy says it's not about money, it's definitely about money. So that's just, and I, I say rich uh, loosely. He's he's rich-ish. So, you know, gotta, gotta count those uh, those decimal points down down to the uh the minute degree adam but yeah i i agree with you on how important it is to celebrate <coughs> god i cough every podcast it's gotta get it's at least bad. one in i think I, I think i just need to like when when spock died in star trek and they shot him out of the suit or the, the ship in that giant sunglasses case i just need to do that with me spoiler alert yeah um sorry um <laughs> It's important to excel and celebrate the history that's meaningful. I mean, uh, that team ruled Robin Yacht with a 957 OPS and 29 homers from shortstop. I think they had four guys with over 100 RBI. Like, hell yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. but then I also I want you on that because obviously you're new to the Brewers and you are, we don't need to go into the details of it, but you have watched another baseball team over the years and a team with a richer history. I do still think like this team is objectively like they achieved that level where it's worth celebrating even more so when that is the high point of your franchise, right? Yeah, you make it to a World Series. That's that's worth celebrating. Um, I want to say no matter what happens after a certain point, if if they were like perennial, perennially making the world series and not winning maybe it loses its, it's a luster at some point like the buffalo bills in the in the 90s but this is not that this was a team that like a city got behind and they almost they almost got there and they almost did it they made the world series uh in an era where it was harder to get into the playoffs it wasn't this nonsense where we're gonna have this year where we've got just like oh did you uh have you eaten at this restaurant four consecutive ga- days? Well, let's punch your card. You make the playoffs. Uh, that's what this season's going to be. So let's I think, let's not yes. make fun of that. Considering we may still be in a tough spot in that in those stakes. Good point. Um, but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it, the timing was unfortunate, <laughs> but that's the uh, fault of uh, ownership in the front office. Nobody on the nineteen eighty two team. Uh, so yeah, I, I would. I haven't talked to Jordan since then, but next time I'm face to face with him, I'd love to get a sense of what it felt like in the ballpark. Uh, game two of this series was not as good, and it, it was not good for the jump from the jump. And then there was hope, and then it quickly faded away. Aaron Ashby on the mound against Nick Lodolo. Ashby did not have it. Um, four and two thirds innings pitch, three hits, four earned runs, five walks, five strikeouts. Allowed a homer to Albert Almora Jr. in the second. Allowed a uh, double, or that was a double, excuse me. And allowed another double, uh, RBI double to Jonathan India to follow. It was 2-0 after the second. And that's when the barrage of homers started against the Brewers and for the Brewers that would uh, see them lose this game. Um, a Barrera homer in the fourth. Score two makes it 4-0. Uh, then the Brewers would start to come back. Andrew McCutcheon with a solo homer. Keston here absolutely crushes a ball to make it 4-3. Uh, and then in the sixth inning, uh, through the ninth inning, uh, solo shots would be the Brewers' undoing. 
uh, Barrero homers again in the sixth to make it five, three Joey Votto uh, in the, the last, the last gasps of his career, still managing to hit opposite field home runs, makes it six, three in the seventh, And then Donovan Solano makes seven, three in the ninth Brewers would try to stage a comeback in the ninth inning. Willie Adamas, RBI ground out scores Wong and Yelich. Andrew McCutcheon sack flies, uh, Scores Yelich, sorry, he had made it a third on the ground out by Adamas. They make it seven to five. They would lose seven to five. But yeah, Ashby not having it from the start and then struggles from Hobie Milner and Jake McGee, who on Sunday now was designated for assignment. Uh, say it's fairly likely he will no longer be with the Brewers. He's not going to be the type of guy that accepts an assignment in Nashville at this point in his career. And then two innings from Brent, Brent Suter, he allowed a run as well. So every pitcher that Pitched in this baseball game for the Milwaukee Brewers, allowed an earned run. That's that's not going to win you a ball game. And then the offense was too little, too late. Poor one out for Cousin Jake. Uh, it has not gone well. Promising start early on has not gone well. I mean, it's yeah, this is getting too much into trying to read multiple people's minds. I like. I wonder even a guy like him what the effect of the Brewers deadline decisions was because all of a sudden you think you're coming in and you've got a meaningful role and he had started pretty well. And then you're like, Oh, they're just it's a reliever city in here. Like have they got no fate in me? What's happening? Um, it, it is also interesting just to look at just for all of those kind of back of the bullpen guys, the state of flux they will have found themselves in and, I guess the spot that they would likely have been mentally over the past week on the one hand, I guess there's opportunity on the other. It's so unstable. And then that the knock on effect of that on the guys then that we actually have been able to rely on is the other side of things. And Devin Williams is certainly a factor in that, that we'll talk about. Um, But yeah, just not good. I mean, what, what more can we say? Not good. Uh, and the Jake McGee thing uh, against the Nelson Lamette being designated for assignment this week. I mean, McGee had had a few bad outings previous to this. He's 36. He's not under contract for next year. Uh, unless you believed that you were on the track to fixing him and he was going to be a meaningful part of your bullpen going into August, September, potentially October. Why did you not DFA him to keep your project? And then Nelson Lamette, someone that you claimed to really like makes it all the more baffling. Uh, yeah. I think with McGee, uh, now this is just me saying this based on his beginning of the season with the giants. I would probably lean more to the he's just done. Like he's done being a effective major league baseball relief pitcher. But uh, you know, who can say? Uh this game uh comes up against the uh the knowledge that Adrian Hauser is going to be on a rehab plan and uh hope for a late August return to the rotation. Um Jason Alexander, we should say, it was a was promoted uh, when McGee was DFA'd. Assume that there's one of three things oh, happening. Why well, anyway, don't make any assumptions? Yeah, that's that's a good point. There's one of three things happening. 
uh, either moving Ashby to the bullpen early, slotting Alexander in for a few starts until Howes to return. They're either putting Alexander in the bullpen or they're going with a six-man rotation. I'm going with the middle option. I think that's what they're doing. But that being said, I think when when Hauser um, returns, I think it might be a return to multi-inning relief uh, option Aaron Ashby. And I wonder if that's a Which really a good way to help, help, help him refine himself. And it's something that was always coming down the horizon anyway, Freddie Peralta getting healthy, um, Hauser getting healthy. So really made just like going out and finding 40 year olds on the, uh, the bullpen market kind of also unneeded. But that being said, I think cousins, you know, progressing with his rehab too. uh, And and, two clean innings theater, theater day in Nashville. So um, things going well for him. Like that's another one. I, I would be particularly because the bullpen is just not as reliable as it was a week ago. Um, and to be fair, as not as reliable as it was a month ago or six weeks ago is also we're putting out there. Getting Ashby back in the bullpen would be great. We've talked about that being the better role for him. As here, I agree with you. I think the middle option, Ashby continuing to start, Alexander going to the bullpen is likely what we'll see. And Alexander has been absolutely shelled in the bullpen on occasion when he's found himself there. He's managed to hold his own much better as a starter. We had a passionate discussion about this a while ago, um, but I I think they will continue to do what hasn't resulted in the best performances from both those guys. And I mean, honestly, uh, with, with Alexander, like something we've talked about a few times, why not get Eaton Small up for some bullpen reps and see how that goes and plan towards, you know, Maybe the games are not playoff games, but plan towards crunch games late in the season where you're going to have Eaton Small as a bullpen option. Um, That would have been something I wouldn't have minded seeing them try to just because it hasn't really worked with him as a starter. How about don't put that strain on him and be like, okay, you're going to be there for two innings, three innings. Let's let's see what we can work with there. Uh, Alexander, if Alexander's brought back to be a bullpen arm, I don't like the process. It just that has not brought out the best results in him. And Ashby starting is not bringing out the best results in Ashby. Ashby starting. The one thing is obviously that's that's part of their long term planning. So I understand why you stick with that. But you know, some moves with more long term planning in mind are currently at the forefront of everyone's mind. And right now, that long term is gonna it's eating into your short term, and if that continues to happen, I don't even know if this this plan that is in place for the long term is currently as bright as it would want to be to be making decisions focused on it in that way. Yeah, I think uh, right now you do what gives you the best chance to win in 2022, and that would be to further bolster your bullpen by moving Ashby back there. I still think Given another off-season spring training of work, uh, he can progress towards being a more reliable starting pitcher in baseball if he uh, fixes command issues. I mean, the stuff the stuff is always going to play. It's just about honing in on the command. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I would have liked to see maybe Strezlecki back if it's going to be a bullpen role. There's other guys in Nashville that would make more sense if it's 
coming in as a one or two inning reliever. Like you said, Cousins might be back soon. Um, Luis Perdomo, I believe, is is back on the active roster in Nashville. So uh, he's doing yeah. some rehab work. Yeah. Um, moving on to the final game of this series, a uh, another stressful one, and one that uh, provided moments of hope, and then hope was ripped away uh, a few times. Um, got this Corbin Burns on the mound against Graham Ashcraft. Willie Adamas gets the scoring started in the third with a solo homer. Um, Corbin Burns was mostly good. One mistake in the fifth inning, a home run, solo shot, but he would go six innings, two hits, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts, a nice bounce back and return to form from Burns after the tough outing against the Pirates. The eighth inning, um, the Brewers would give one back. Taylor Rogers on the mound. Uh, an inning pitch for him, two hits, one run. It was earned, two strikeouts. A Donovan Solano double would score Jonathan India. I did not see this. I, it was my wife's birthday, <coughs> excuse me, yesterday. So uh, we were out to dinner. I had sat down as this inning was unfolding and uh, missed it. Uh, I had heard from you, Is are you of the mind that this is a ball that Hunter Renfro should have caught and that an oh, error would have yeah. been? It's terrible. It's. I mean, it, it lines with a trend we've seen, which is – where he was really reliable and his arm was doing a lot of work in helping him. His defense, the outfield had been very, very good back in that right corner. He is not judging the flight of balls at all. Well, this is one that was not too far away from him. He was not running very hard. And then all of a sudden he's just kind of looking up surprised as it sails over his head and hits the fence. Like it, just really, really sloppy stuff. Um, his defense has been really bad for a few weeks now just cannot judge a ball in the air that certainly seems like a problem for an outfielder so the uh the talk around taylor rogers when he was acquired is that he'd had some bad luck seems like that bad luck has followed him to milwaukee if that's how he's allowed his first run as a brewer we've all had bad luck taylor rogers we started a Milwaukee brewers podcast this season yeah very relatable um so into the, the bottom of the ninth inning, down 2-1 after having a lead, relinquishing the lead, and then Cincinnati taking the lead on that fly ball double. Keston Hira, solo homer, makes it 2-2. Uh, the Brewers, I think, uh, in the uh, following Keston's um, home run, had a runner reach, if, if I'm remembering that correctly. Luisa Luis, Luis got hit by pitch. Um, and then Jonathan Davis came in as a pinch runner for him, which then when he strikes out, Mike Brasso comes in at third, which <laughs> is a conversation we've had before multiple times this season. Uh, we want to find more spots for Mike Brasso. Um, he's, and, and late game defensive replacement is not, is not the ideal one. <laughs> um, look, and you noted it, and there's some positive signs, I will say, regarding Jace Peterson, who does seem to be doing a little bit of throwing. He was around for um, Brandon Woodruff's bullpen, I think it was, Kurt Hogg suggested. Um, he was helping out with that. So that's more encouraging than I was necessarily treating Jace Peterson's situation for the rest of the season. Um, but this is a spot where if Jace hadn't been starting, Jace would be coming into the game and you've got a really good third base replacement. And then inevitably, 
as that old baseball adage, I can't remember exactly. Is it the ball finds the new guy? Whatever. That that is essentially what happens. The ball ends up Mike Brasso's way, and he throws the widest throw I have seen to first base by a Brewer this season. In part, that's because I don't feel like that's something that's happened very often. Um, so Rowdy is left to stretch, trying to keep a foot in the bag. The runner knocks Rowdy's outstretched glove off of his hand. The pitch goes probably a foot and a half, two feet to the right of Rowdy anyway. Rowdy has to get on his bike, show show that killer speed again, and go chasing it down. Um, pretty good throw across the third when he gets there to hold the runner a third and give the Brewers any chance. But uh, Mike Brasso looked really despondent. That's the other thing I'd say. I, I felt pretty bad for him, for a guy who has done a lot of good work for the Brewers. He he was wearing that error. You could see it at the time. I, I felt pretty bad for it, but it was it was a bad throw and it cost the Brewers the game. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty tough. One run scores on a ground ball to third and in, in extra innings with the runner on second already. He scores and then uh, Donovan Solano's sack fly makes it four two. Nothing doing in the bottom of the tenth for the Brewers. Couldn't even couldn't even get the uh, the zombie runner home. Uh, and that's that a. 4-2 loss, two out of three losses to the Cincinnati Reds, uh, five out of six loss to the Reds and the Pirates, the two worst teams in this division. Have the actually had the Reds, the Reds have passed the Cubs now, right? Yeah. Red, the, Reds the Reds are, are now, passed. you know, hot on the Brewers' tail, just 13 and a half game back. Oh, the wow. Brewers. The Cubs are in dead last now. Yeah. The team Thanks. that refused a lot, a lot... to actually make themselves worse with trades are still dead last in the division. And a large part of them being dead, dead last in the division comes down to these here Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, and listen, the Cubs get a chance to play the Brewers next week, so maybe they can pick up three wins and overtake the Pirates and the Reds. That's how you see how those teams are working it out between themselves. Uh, whew. we did give out some Master Brewer points for this. I've series. actually i've I've added another one since too, and I've updated your leaderboard because there was someone we forgot. Great. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good shout out. Um, Eric Lauer, great outing pitched deep into the game, seven innings pitch, uh, six hits, three walks, just one earned run four strikeouts. Corbin Burns, a nice return, return to form six innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, two walks, nine strikeouts. Really only mistake of the day was that solo Homer, uh, Rowdy Telez getting on base and hitting for power. Uh, we've said that before two for eight, but three walks also a home run a run score two RBI. And one stolen base. And one stolen base. I should have put that on there. You know, I it's should have led with it. It's like a shooting star. It's uh just you see it you, and it's gone. You did call the beer for Rowdy when he stole a base. Just I, I did. I didn't care well. what happened. I, I didn't care what happened the rest of the series. <laughs> uh Christian Yelich, four for twelve, two walks, a double, uh, two runs scored. And then late addition, casting here two for six, two homers, three RBI, two hits, two runs. Uh yeah, two homer series for Keston. Uh, we'll Keston see what back in the lineup, homers and back-to-back games. I mean, not to not to go over old territory, but we should probably mention it. We were completely dumbfounded when he seemed to find it, and he found himself back in Nashville. Uh, he continued to hit pretty well there. He's back up, and he's, guess what, hitting well still. So I'm at least glad it seems like they didn't break him by sending him down there. Although that was not a move that made a whole lot of sense at the time. And it's not making more sense now, but 
good to see him back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, he he remains the same the same confounding Keston he was all season, just coming in when you least expect it, just slugging a ball four hundred feet, and uh, it was came through in some big moments in this series, getting them back into game two, uh, cutting the lead to one, and then tying the game in the ninth inning of game three. But it was all for nothing. Leaderboard through 108 games. Rowdy Telez, still your leader with 17. Christian Yelich and Corbin Burns tied with 13. Willie Thomas, Andrew McCutcheon, Jace Peterson have nine. Brandon Woodruff with eight. Colton Wong, Devin Williams, Hunter Renfro, Luis Arias, Josh Hader with seven. Eric Lauer, Tyrone Taylor with six. Hobie Milner and Keston Hero with five. Aaron Ashby with four. Jonathan Davis, Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, Freddie Peralta with three. three. Trevor Gott, Brad Boxberger, Omar Narvaez, Adrian Hauser each have two. Yandel Gustave, Brent Suter, Luke Barker, Peter Shreslecki with one. That catches us up after 108 games. Our look ahead. We've got two against the Tampa Bay Rays coming up at Amfam. Um, Things have gone pretty well for the Brewers against the Rays so far this season. It would be nice to see that continue. It's Honestly, I mean, we talk about what's to come after that, and that is, for obvious reasons, where the focus is. It's essential that they maybe win both against the Rays. Like, if you lose these two to the Rays and you go in on a really then prolonged skid into three against the Cardinals, like, the Cardinals can finish your season off, and even if you find something there that prevents that from happening... Well, again, you've got seven out of ten of your next games after that against Los Angeles Dodgers. So, beating the Rays twice seems like it would be a very good idea. Yeah. Uh, the Raves are, Rays are similar to the Brewers. Same record, 58 and 50. Uh, a team with a run differential lower than what you would expect for a team that's in a playoff position right now. And they're I famous last words, but they're not a team that should scare anyone. So bounce back, take some games from them, go into that big series uh, against St. Louis with some confidence. Because like you said, the Dodgers are on the horizon. The Dodgers just swept the San Diego Padres. So the Padres go all out, make all their big moves, and the Dodgers respond with, that's cute, and just continue to absolutely dominate them like they have for the last however many seasons. It's been a – it's been – uh quite a few seasons in a row now of the Dodgers just uh, making the Padres their little brother. They The the media really wants this Dodgers-Padres rivalry to be a thing, but right now it's the Dodgers dominating. I think the Padres are good, obviously. They have Soto now and Hayter and, and Drury and Josh Bell, but Dodgers are, it, the Dodgers just always go to show they're playing a different sport than everyone else. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned the Rays run differential. The Dodgers' run differential is more than 10 times greater than the Rays. Good Lord. <laughs> it's just, uh, it is ridiculous. Rays plus 22, Dodgers plus 226. Yeah. Um, ambitious ownership. Uh, good talent development. They've got it all. They really come at baseball from all these different angles. They've got guys that came up through their system that they developed, and they go out and bolster that team by 
signing people like Freddie Freeman, trading and extending Mookie Betts. They, uh, yeah, they've just kind of figured out this whole baseball thing. And All right, let's, we'll see him soon. <laughs> we'll we'll see him soon. Let's hope we've got something to uh, to play for and to really hope for coming into that series. As he said, two wins against the Rays, please, Brewers. It would set up um, truly the biggest series of the season so far against the Cardinals. Like absolute must watch if you're listening, and for obvious and understandable reasons. You've been in and out on the Brewers of late. You're not finding yourself gripped and being like, yeah, let's sit down and watch some Brewers baseball. Um, This is a week where it's going to come down to this. And there is a very good chance, you know, if they do find something and they have a good week, they could turn their season around. They could get back on track to something like where I felt they were a week ago. I don't know if they can get all the way back there, but they can give themselves a really good chance to set up an exciting finish to the season. The flip side is if you watch this week and it goes wrong, well, I don't know if you have to watch again. You should you should definitely listen to podcasts, but I don't know if you've got to watch the Brewers again this season. Yeah, we've had a lot of just like bad things to talk about for like the last four episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. That being said, if they take two from the Rays and it sets up this series, I think we'll be really excited to look ahead to this Cardinal series because, I mean, it's about playing baseball games that matter and they will be baseball games that matter. So looking here's to hoping that we're talking on Wednesday or Thursday saying Brandon Wood or no uh Corbin Burns on Sunday against maybe Michaelis Wainwright, whoever it winds up to be. That's right. At, so at the moment Michaelis versus Burns on a Sunday afternoon to see who can take hold in this division race. That's that's uh that's why we watch baseball. So Here's to hoping. Had a lot of uh, bad thoughts, and hopefully we can turn them into good thoughts, but uh, time will tell. All right, that does it for us for now. If you're continuing to listen, if you're a new listener, we definitely uh, picked up some listens around the deadline, some people maybe needing explanations or some form of listen to people, other people venting about what exactly had happened. So if you're, you're new here, welcome. Hope you keep listening. Hope you enjoy what we do. Feel free to give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps us to get the word out. Of course, you should subscribe wherever you get your pods. That's cruising for a bruising. Find us on Twitter at BrewersGSPN. We have all sorts of other stuff covered at the here at the Eurostep Podcast Network. We also cover all things Milwaukee Bucks. If you want to hear our pods on that, Eurostep Podcast Network feed will have you covered. If you go to gspn.info, you can sign up for the Substack. That's where Andrew does his write-ups on the players who've earned Master Brew um, points on a given week. That's where every episode of ours also gets shared directly to you, if that's what you'd like. Our store is there if you want to support us by picking up some Cruiser for Brews and merch to rep. It's all there, gspn.info. As always, thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Adam. <laughs>